I'm Amanda, and this is Not Your Granny's Quilt Show. Hi, thanks for joining me for today's episode. Today I have Kelsey of White Rose Designs. She's an art gallery fabrics socialite right now. So she's an adorable fat quarter bundle that goes with her free pattern. So go check that out. Um, she is a self-proclaimed hexagon queen. She loves English paper piecing. She mixes the concepts of modern quilting and traditional quilting together so that you can bring both worlds together and just has some really beautiful patterns out there. So go check her out. And while you're doing that, listen to our conversation. Howdy friends. Thanks for being here. I'm so happy that you are a listener of not your granny's quilt show podcast. Did you know that we have a Patreon? If you go to patreon.com slash not your granny's quilt show, you can be a patron for $5 a month. You get a not your granny's quilt show logo sticker sent right to your door. So go to patreon.com slash not your granny's quilt show today and sign up. Have you stacked up on merch? I know I sure have. If you go to nygqs.printify.me you can get your hands on some Not Your Granny's Quilt Show merch. There's sweatshirts, t-shirts, mugs, stickers, a tote bag even, and everything is fantastic. I have all of it and it's all high quality, really comfortable, really great stuff. So go get some merch today. Well, thank you so much for being here today, Kelsey. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm excited to I'm- this to get to do this with you. <laughs> yeah, I'm great. I'm excited too. Like I have talked to a handful of Um, art gallery socialites now. And so this is just exciting because it's like everybody's experience is slightly different. And I'm obsessed with art gallery. Like if you listen back, probably almost every episode I mentioned it at least once. So (laughs) I'm like, well, I think we did a really good job in picking all of us and having a really wide range of modern and traditional. And um, Mm -hmm. you can tell in just our bundles and how different they are. So Um, I'm sure you will have 10 very different conversations with, with all of us. So very, very excited to be a part of that group. Yeah. It's so cool. Um, so, but before we get into all of that stuff, like let's go all the way back and tell us like, how did you even get into quilting and sewing and where did that, you know, enter your life? Well, I am. I think the rarity when it comes to people in their thirties quilting, I started quilting when I was like in elementary school. Um, my mom started, or when I, when I was young, she went and got her, um, her undergraduate and her master's all while I was like under the age of 10. Mm. And I think she graduated when I was like eight. Um, I only know that cause I see pictures of her, you know, getting her master's. Um, and after that, you know, she did have young kids, but she found that she all of a sudden had a bunch of time mm-hmm. and decided that she wanted to find a hobby. And so she went to, you know, the craft store like Michael's or whatever and took, she took an intro to cross stitching. So she did cross stitching for a while. She decorated cakes for a while. We had fresh baked cakes at our house all the time when I was young, you know, that I thought that was great. <laughs> um, but she took an intro to quilting class and that was the one that really stuck and she really liked. And I thought, Well, and she says, you know, it was a good mixture of art and math, Mm -hmm. which I kind of find ironic because my mom is not a math person at all. And I would tell her that to her face. So, (laughs) (laughs) Um, but so she took a few classes and she found, you know, back then the patterns were a little bit more 
simple and simple in the way that it would tell you you need this many squares this many triangles and then it would just show you a picture of the finished block it wouldn't really mm -hmm. give you a lot of extra instructions yeah and again this goes to her not being very good at math she didn't know how to put the pieces together to then get the finished product product you know mm -hmm. so i would lay them out on the ground and i would hand her pieces and she would sew them and together we would build the blocks oh wow um, so that's really how I kind of got started. It wasn't till I was, I think I was probably like a sophomore, junior in high school. And by that point she'd made a few quilts and she had joined a quilt guild. Mm -hmm. And so I went with her to the quilt guilds quilt show, which is the Dallas quilt show, which we are both still very involved in to this mm -hmm. day. <laughs> um, and that was the first time that I saw that like all these burgundies and beige fabrics that my mom was sewing with that I thought were kind of ugly, mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> um, that that was not all that there was. That was the first time I, I walked in and I remember this booth and they had Amy Butler fabric, mm. they had Heather Bailey, they had Tula Pink. And I mean, you know, as a 15 year old seeing, you know, all these bright, bright colors. Yeah. This sounds really cliche and I don't like saying cliche things, but <laughs> I mean, it was like life altering because yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, I can make these quilts and they can be colors that I like and I can do different designs than my mom. Um, mm -hmm. And yeah, I walked out with a, a, you know, I think I must've been 16 because I, I had money of my own um, and I bought a ton of fabric and nice. went home to, to start my first quilt for myself. Um, so I say um, I've been quilting for a long time, but that yeah. first quilt when I was in high school was the first one that I'm like, I still own it. It took me years to finish, but I am. And it's so it's the funkiest colors, you know? Yeah. Right. <laughs> all over the place. Um, but yeah, I was hooked ever since then and, and sewed all through college. Um, my husband and I have been together since we were in high school. So he, he knows, you know, that I was quilting when I was in high school and he knew even when we were in college that I had a sewing machine, like stashed in my closet and when my roommates were at, were at class, I would bring it out and I would sew a little bit and then I would stash it back away. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, it's just always, I feel like it's just always been a part of my life. Um, <laughs> That's so cool. Well, like what 16 year old is like going to buy their own fabric, you know, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> that's so fun. I, I, I'm with you though. Like when I, cause my mom obviously like same you know, similar story. She's been sewing her whole life. And so I've always been exposed to fabric and always going to Joanne fabrics and, you know, there was cool stuff there, but, um, and I've always loved fabric, but yeah, once I got introduced to quilting cotton and like just that world of fabric design and Amy Butler again was like one of my very <laughs> first, like eye popping out of my skull moments of like, this is fabric, like you could buy fabric like this. Yep. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm with you there. Like her, just her bold prints and it's not necessarily bold colors per se all the time, but just that very like bold impression of like big prints, huge flowers. Like it's just so fun, but yeah, it's, that's so fun that like you were able to get exposed to that early on to get excited for it. Like when you were still young and then keep that hobby, like that's really cool. 
Yeah. And it's definitely, you know, there've been times where it hasn't been as important, you know, right. When I first got married, I didn't have a lot of space for it and it was kind of tucked away. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know when I, when I got pregnant with my daughter, I had a whole room dedicated to it. Um, mm-hmm. that first pregnancy, man, it, it knocked me, it knocked me out. Um, I basically slept <laughs> for the first three months straight. <laughs> um, so there were times where, you know, it's kind of died away. And, but every time I go to get my sewing machine back out after those times, it was like this new excitement. And, you know, by that point, obviously there's tons of new fabric out and new notions Mm -hmm. and, you know, your sewing machine can now thread itself. And, um, when, when I was, (laughs) when I was first starting out, that was not an option. Um, so (laughs) it's been, it's been fun and definitely something that gives me a lot of creative outlet. Um, so yeah, I've really enjoyed it. That's yeah, it's it is one of those like comfort things too. It's like once you know how to sew, you know how to sew forever. Like it's not like it just leaves you. So it kind of like can come in and out of your life when it's you know, when it works for you. It's like I I'm the same. I haven't always had the space to do it as we've kind of moved around and we've lived in this place for I don't know, six years now. And I've had sewing space off and on. It's like, it would take over the living room and dining room. And then we would need to, <laughs> to like not do that anymore. And then I would take over a spot in the upstairs and then I couldn't do that anymore. And it was just like all evolved. And now I've, our youngest just moved out. And so I've been able to take over another space in the house again. And it's like, I always can sew at my mom's cause that's where we run our business. But like being able to sew at home is just so different than having to go somewhere else to do it. And for a long time, I, I didn't have a space. Mm -hmm. So my mom and I, we would go probably three or four times a year. We'd go on quilting retreats. Mm -hmm. I mean, I would get all my stuff out. I would prep because I knew that was like some of my only time to sew all year long. And I mean, I would crank out three or four quilt tops, like in a three-day quilt retreat weekend when my mom and I would sew together. It's funny that we started off by me putting pieces together and handing them to her to sew. Yeah. And then I would like iron them. Cause that's, that's what we do now. She was here like two weeks ago. Yeah. Um, and we finished like five or six quilts in the week that she was here. Cause yeah, we just tag team it and we know how to, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if that <laughs> yeah. like a reference, like one of us plays defense and one plays offense and we know, we know how to work together. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we, um, that's still something we enjoy doing is like working on the same quilt together. I'll iron and cut and I'll hand her pieces to sew and, mm-hmm. and we'll just, um, we'll get, we'll get it done. So yeah, that's retreats used to be a big thing that we would go on all the time. And we made tons of quilting friends. Um, obviously they were always so impressed that I was so young Yeah, <laughs> um, and they just thought that was so great. Oh, you do this with your mom. This mm-hmm. is so wonderful. I wish my daughter would sew. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. My mom and I get that too. Like, oh, it must be so fun to work with your mom or work with your daughter. And we're like, yeah, it's really cool. You know, like, oh my, I couldn't ever get my daughter to sew. I'm like, it didn't take her. I was like, it took my best friends dragging me into it to get me to start sewing. And they're like, oh, what? My mom's like, yeah. (laughs) She's like, not impressed by that, but no, it's super funny. But anyway, it is kind of a unique thing. Like you know, not always do your kids follow in your footsteps with your hobbies or, you know, the things that, that you love to do, they might do a twist on it or something, but when you can do something and and work in tandem like that, like, that's really cool. Like 
I, you know, my, my friends and I, when we, well, if somebody is like done with whatever they're doing or didn't really necessarily have anything to work on, they'll be the, you know, the ironer and the, the grabber of the things. And, you know, it's just like, we kind of work together that way, which is fun sometimes. So it's fun when you can find that flow and just like get something done so fast. Yeah. That's what she came down a few weeks ago. Cause I, I am notorious for starting multiple projects, even if I have other projects sitting there that I should work on. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I overwhelmed myself. And so she helped <laughs> me just finish up a lot of projects that were like 85% done, but right. needed you know, all the blocks are done. They just need to be sewn into the quilt top. Mm-hmm. And I just couldn't do it on my own. But as soon as she got here, we cranked a bunch of stuff out. So, mm-hmm. um, cleaned up my room, which was really nice. <laughs> That's so nice. And that overwhelm is so real. Cause it's like, it doesn't seem like that high stakes when you're just like, Oh, it's a crafty project, but I will hit a wall and I'm the same. I just can't do anything. I'm like, I don't know what the heck. And I think just with overwhelm in general, it's so nice to just have someone you can call in to like, help you out. Just like get, help me get out of this thing. I started <laughs> like, I know it's my fault, but like, I need help yeah. getting out, you know? <laughs> my fault. I did this to myself. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm a hundred percent to blame, but I still need help. Like, well, and that's but, a, you know, the whole art gallery. I mean, I, I love being an art gallery socialite and it's great because you get, you know, whatever fabric you want, yeah. but that also means that like my creativeness is just constantly going mm-hmm. while my creativeness is moving a little bit faster than what my sewing machine or my hands can. Um, so yeah, she had to come down and just, okay, what is this fabric? What project is this for? And let's put it, you know, in a project bin or get it cut. Mm-hmm. Um, just so I could look around my room and say, okay, this is what I'm going to work on next. And it yeah. wasn't just piles of fabric everywhere. Um, so it's been a blessing <laughs> and a curse because <laughs> I, yeah, I just have so many ideas and there's so many beautiful fabrics to work with that I overwhelmed myself. Like you said, I, I got myself into this situation. <laughs> yeah it's like it can happen fast too you just look around you're like I am in a pickle and (laughs) like you're like I don't even know what happened just turned around and it was like everything was just everywhere it's just piles of fabric all over the place yeah it's uh, it happens more often than I like to admit but and my mom does it too it's crazy like I'll go downstairs for something and I'll come back up into the studio and she's got like just piles of fabric all over the room she's like I opened this bin and I shouldn't have, and I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> That's what my mom just moved to a new house. Um, and my, my mom lives by herself and she's a long armor and obviously okay. been for, you know, 20 years at this point. So yeah. both of us have a very extensive stash and she gets all of the quilts. So any quilt top that I make mm-hmm. go to her. So she had, when she moved, Mm-hmm. She had like an extra closet and she was like, I'm going to hang up all the quilt tops in here with their backs so that I can start working on them. Well, we filled up the closet like really quickly uh, <laughs> and it, it stressed her out. Right. Cause there were just so many quilts in there that we hadn't finished. So she actually, when she came down, she brought quilt tops with her mm-hmm. and we dropped them off at a long armor here in, in Corpus where I live. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we went to go pick them up, of course, she was really excited to have them finish. But she even said, she goes, this is the first time I've ever picked up quilts from anyone. I've never overwhelmed myself like this. Yeah. And we took six of her quilt tops. So it wasn't even like a few. We took six. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's wow. uh, very, very easy to get yourself overwhelmed, especially when you're, you know, 
I think social media also plays into it. You see all these new quilt patterns that are being released all the time. And mm-hmm. even as a quilt pattern designer, sometimes there are patterns that I'm like, that looks awesome. I need yeah. to make that now. <laughs> I'm going to go buy fat or, you know, get fabric and, and make yeah. that. And of course, then all my other projects get pushed to the side. Um, yeah. Sometimes you just, you see a quilt pattern and you're just like, I have to make that. I need that in my life. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's like one thing that's been coming up is like as pattern designers, it can almost feel like it's, you know, the market is saturated, but if even, you know, you're designing patterns, but you're still seeing stuff pop up that you would love to make. It's like, okay, there's plenty of room then if, you know, it's like, there's a lot of people and a lot of designs and a lot of ideas. And I think, you know, maybe it, I don't know. I think it just spreads the love more too. Cause there does, there isn't only five pattern designers and that are taking it, you know, the, sh- their share of the market. And then that's it. It's like, no, everybody can have a piece of this pie and absolutely. Well, and I think that wants too, to, I guess. <laughs> Yeah. And I think too, a lot of times I think of it as like, there are certain people who aren't quilters Mm -hmm. who are going to see that quilt that makes them want to try it out um, Mm -hmm. and try quilting. And if it's my pattern, of course I'm ecstatic, but if it's another person's pattern, then that's great too. You brought a quilter in and you inspired them to get started. Um, And who knows how many quilts they're going to make after that first one. So yeah, I think like you said, there's, there's room for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, my style is very different, you know, than the next designers. Um, so as long as you're putting beautiful art out into the world, um, I, I think there's room for everyone. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, or if people don't want to make it themselves and they hire someone like me to make it for them and <laughs> I'm totally happy to do it. Cause it gets me out of my comfort zone as far as like what I wouldn't like pick for myself to make. Mm-hmm. which has been such a cool aspect of like having my business the way it is like making quilts and long arming. It's like, more like a one-stop shop for people. So it's like, I really want this quilt. And I'm like, great. It's going to be this much I approximately. And then they're like, okay, thank you. And <laughs> I make it. And it's like, so cool. Cause then I'm like, I never would have made that quilt, but now I've got that experience under my belt. Yeah. And for people to, yeah, jump in and try, they're like, okay, I can sew. Like if they've hemmed a a curtain ever, or like even a pair of pants or something, you know, it's like, you can sew a straight line. You can, you can quilt. Like I can't sew a straight line and I can still quilt. So it's fine. (laughs) Even if you can't sew a straight line, that's it. My mom and I, because she just moved, we were going back through a lot of her old boxes Mm -hmm. and we pulled out this box that she had. And I think she just keeps it to like, you know, make herself humble but it was like the very first blocks that she ever did. And she was horrible at a quarter inch seam. And like mm-hmm. one of them, it started off like an eighth of an inch. And by the end, it was the half inch seam. And I mean, we just laughed and laughed at like, well, you, you can always start somewhere, you know, you can always learn there's, yeah. you know, back then there wasn't really YouTube, you know, lots of YouTube videos to watch where now there is, but, um, yeah, even if you can't sew a straight line, you can make a quilt. Yeah, exactly. I'll call it that. <laughs> It's a wonky block. <laughs> there you go. Wonky star. Yeah. I, yeah, I always like crack up at my early quilts. Cause like there's seams popping open everywhere. Cause I was like getting so close to the edge, like not even eighth of an inch, like 
just right on the edges. Cause I was like, I don't want to waste any fabric and like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but now it's like, I have spots that have to be hand sewn together and like, or patched over and it's fine. Cause it's like, they're just for me. It's not like I made that for a client and cost them hundreds of dollars for something that's now falling apart. But it is funny how like that skill alone, just like having a good seam allowance is so crucial and, you know, it's going to take trial and error, but you know, you eventually get there and, and then it's fine. You don't even have to think about it anymore, but well, and that's, so I have a, a five-year-old, she's about to be six. Um, and for Christmas, she asked for a sewing machine. Cause she sees um, my mom, she calls Yaya. So she mm-hmm. sees her Yaya and she sees her mom. So, and so that's what she wanted to learn to sew. And so I got her, you know, just a little starter machine and, you know, being somebody who's been quilting for so long and I don't teach, you know, very, very beginner quilters, mm-hmm. um, usually the things I teach are a little bit more advanced. Um, it's, it's been quite humbling, yeah, right. <laughs> as a mom, but also just to explain like this, you know, she doesn't understand fractions. So even just saying a quarter inch seam, she's like, well, I don't know what that means. She's like, like what? okay, <laughs> it's just the distance between the needle and the edge of your foot and showing her, you know, you have to be consistent. And then she asks, well, why? Mm-hmm. Like, well, <laughs> Because then when we sew these together, your points won't match. And she's mm-hmm. like, well, is it going to make my quilt bad? And of course I'm like, well, no, because I want her to be excited. So yeah. it's, been, it's been super interesting to try and like dumb it down to a five-year-old's level right. of why, why are these important? And in the end, it's like, well, actually it's not. If you just want to sew and we'll put it together, you know, and you'll be proud of what it is in the end. Um so yeah, it's been, it's been very humbling, um, very big learning experience. If I thought I could be a kindergarten teacher, I am for sure, a hundred percent sure that I could not at this point, <laughs> just with this one, one encounter. Yeah. And that's like, that age is like, they ask a lot of questions and it's a lot of why. And you're like, uh, <laughs> yeah. <Because> well, I- <laughs> yeah, yeah. My, my niece, she's 10 now, but like kind of when, around when she was about eight is when she started kind of getting interested, like more curious about what my mom and I were doing. And she'd always want us to make her stuff, but she, I think she was nervous around the machine, but just this like last fall, she had started showing a lot more interest in actually sewing herself. And I was working on a client quilt and I was like in a rush trying to get it finished up and which was silly because it got abandoned by the person. So it's fine. But anyway, um, she was like, well, can I sew some of this? And I was like, yeah. So I started sitting down with her and showing her how to like line up the, the seams. And she's like, well, how come you have to do that? And so I showed her, I was like, well, this is what would happen. This is what it would look like if we didn't. And so I just kind of set it all wonky and this is what it's supposed to look like, you know, based on the pattern. And since we're, someone's paying for this, like we need to make sure we do it right. And she was like, Oh, okay. And you know, same thing. It's like, you just have to take the time to explain the why. And I think the more they understand, or like the more you explain that, why, like the more buy-in they can have. Cause they're like, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I was a teacher, so like <laughs> I'm more of a background of like explaining these things to children, but, um, it is still hard. Cause you're like, right. I have to stop and tell you these things. I can't just like go like, just, just sew it 
Like, no, yeah. that's, that's not how it works at that age. Like you, they have to know why they're doing what they're doing. And yeah, I'm like, you well, know, honestly, you can't see the finished product because yeah. uh, we're just putting squares together. Right. So she doesn't know what it's going to look like in the end. So it doesn't, it doesn't mean anything when I say the points aren't going to match. Yeah, it doesn't like, mean anything to the five-year-old. She yeah. just wants to sew the fabric together. I thought the yeah. funniest thing is she was sewing and she picked out all these bright colors that she really loves. And I said, you know, when you're done, Yaya can quilt your quilt because she's a long armor. Mm-hmm. And she said, oh, good. And I'm going to give this to daddy. And oh. I was like, what? <laughs> like, so, like, why? <laughs> like, well, it has green in it and he really loves green. Of course, I was like, okay, that's fine. You know, I shouldn't be offended that your first quilt, you don't want to give to your mother. Right. She's like, you can make your own. <laughs> I know you have plenty of quilts, mom. We're going to give this to dad. Oh um, yeah. So, I mean, that's they're so like, funny. so it makes sense that it would go to, go to my husband, but yeah. <laughs> you're like, I, it's fine. I guess I'll just be over here hoping. Yeah. Just helping you ironing and, you know, cutting all your fabric and we're going to quilt it for you and we'll give it to your dad. <laughs> that's really precious though I love that so cute because usually you know crafty things kids are like I'm gonna give this to my mom like immediately so the fact that she was like I'm gonna give it to my dad is kind of funny yeah she's like dad is gonna love this yes he <laughs> is. I'm sure he is <laughs> that's so funny I love it and it's like I love that she's showing interest because I think I think giving kids the space to just explore different stuff too is like so fun because you know maybe they find interest in what you're doing, but maybe they don't, but like making the space for them to do whatever feels good to them is, is fun, yeah. but it's like even more exciting when it's the thing you do. Cause you're like, Oh, I know everything about this. <laughs> well, and she wants to grow up to be an artist, which mm-hmm. I love. Um, and I think, you know, you and I had mentioned before we started talking was just trying to break those norms of like what our grandparents and our parents did. Yeah. Um, And so I always think like, I wonder what my dad would say if I was five and had told him I wanted to be an artist because he's an engineer. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, what would he have said? (laughs) You know what I'm trying to say? Not that he would have said something bad, but you know, when I was young, it was, I I got a degree in science Mm -hmm. um, and biological science because I thought, you know, that's where you go make money. And that was the point of going to college. And so now when she says, I want to be an artist, I'm like, absolutely. Mm-hmm. You want to be an artist? I'm going to support you a hundred percent. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah so just trying to break that norm of like, no, you should be an engineer like your dad, or you should, you know, go to college for science or go be a doctor. Like if this is what you want to do, I will help you in any way I know how. Um, so yeah, yeah. if you want, you want to make a quilt for your dad <laughs> and not yeah. your mom, I will totally help you. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. And I think we are in such a different space of like, there's different avenues to like, do what you want to do or do what you love. You don't always have to go to college necessarily. Like she could be an artist outright just on her own. You know, it's like, there's so many more ways to go about doing what, what you want to do as an individual person. And, you know, I think being women in their mid thirties who own quilting businesses is like one of those things. It's like, look what we did, mom. Like, you know, my mom does it with me, but it's the same thing. It's like, I went to college. I got this degree, you know, I got my master's and I was like, 
yeah, like now I'm really something, but then to just turn around and be like, I really hate this. Like (laughs) I'm really broken right now and this is not working for me. And, and leaning into my artistic creative side is like something I never really imagined for myself, but it's available and it's, we were able to do that. So I love that your daughter's just like, yeah, I'm going to be an artist and that you can feel good about supporting her because you've done something similar where you've taken a, you know, a a hobby passion and, and turned it into something more. And so I think opening, like opening your perspective to more possibilities just means you have that many more options and choices and the freedom to make those different choices. So it's really cool. Love that. Um, so, okay. So you got, I was going to ask like, what did you get your degree in if, you know, <laughs> like, but now we know. So that's really cool. Did you work in that field at all or? No, I didn't. I, yeah, I went and got a degree in biological science and I really thought I wanted to go to pharmacy school. Mm-hmm. Um, well, obviously just like every other science degree, I started off as pre-med and, and mm-hmm. figured out really quickly that I didn't want to do that. And I thought I wanted to go to pharmacy school. I went through, you know, two semesters of organic chemistry and biochem. And I thought, oh my goodness, I do not hate myself enough to do this for my life. Um, And so when I graduated, you know, but by that point I was a senior and I'd taken all those classes and I was like, well, I'm too far, I'm too far along to turn around now. Mm. And so when I graduated and I could go be a lab tech, I didn't want to do that either. Mm-hmm. So I was working part-time at Victoria's Secret mm. and I thought, well, I'll move, I'll move back home and I'll figure out what I want to do. And the, the store that I was working for, they, they didn't want to lose me. I was a part-time manager. So they gave me a full-time manager job. And so I worked for Victoria's Secret, um, for, I think two, two and a half more years and moved with them all the way down to Houston. I went to school in Oklahoma, so I, that's okay. right um, was living or went to college. And then my husband and I, when we got married, um, he was living in Houston. So I moved to Houston and, um, yeah, I start. I worked for, like I said, Victoria's secret. I worked for Michael Kors for a little bit, um, and then got a job in the catering sales marketing, um, role. And that's what I still do. I still, I still have a full-time job and do the on the side. Most people don't know that. Um, but I do still work full-time. I have been very lucky to find a company that I really enjoy working for. I really love my boss, which is not something that everyone can say. (laughs) Right. I think she's really awesome. And I get to work remotely from home. Oh, that's so cool. I have unlimited PTO, (laughs) which if I want to go on a quilt retreat, I can. Yeah. Uh, So it's really, it's been really nice. I've been very, very lucky to find this kind of unicorn of a role, um, that I get to do from home and then also have my quilting business and my boss, even she follows me on Instagram. Um, <laughs> she's like absolutely amazed with, with all the quilts that I make and that I, um, you know, do all the things that I do, but, um, yeah. it's nice to kind of have like that support. And she understands that it's a, it's a creative outlet. It, you know, is great for my mental health. Cause it gives me something outside of work that, you know, I didn't always want to just be a mom. I mm-hmm. wanted to still have other things. So I'm a quilter. I'm an employee for them, obviously. Um, yeah. a mom and 
I am a yogi and I'm learning to play tennis. So I wouldn't really call myself a tennis player. I would say it's a <laughs> very, very novice tennis player. <laughs> um, yeah, it yeah. gives me, gives me a good opportunity to do a lot of different things and yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. And how nice that like you could find something that is so fitting for what you want to do and, and allows for that. Like I've heard more and more companies that are doing the unlimited PTO and, you know, I know some people of maybe a more conservative ilk are like, ah, you can't do that. People are going to take advantage. It's like, I mean, maybe, but if the people feel cared for and feel like they're responsibilities in their job matter. And then they probably won't feel like they need to take advantage of it or won't feel like it's they're owed that, you know what I mean? Like, I think people who are treated well in their position normally won't feel that need to, to take away from the company or whatever, you know, it's like, if they're offering it, then they better be willing to pay up, you know? But well, I and think- I think to people who think like that, they work for companies that have taken advantage of them exactly. and they feel other people would take advantage of the company. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, they, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I, I read a study where people who have unlimited PTO, they actually ended up taking less PTO than mm-hmm. if you were given your number of days. I always joke that I am not one of those people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I take full advantage of the, the unlimited PTO. Um, but yeah, I think it it's a, a mutual respect. My the company I work for, like I said, I'm I'm very lucky to work for them. Um that they respect me and my time. And obviously when I'm you know working, I I work and I I give them my full dedication. But yeah, um, yeah, you want your company to treat you with respect and to trust you. And mm-hmm. so I, I trust them too. And yeah. I think it's, yeah, if, if you feel like you're gonna people are going to take advantage. It's probably because you are taking advantage of them as an employee. Um, yeah, hundred percent. And I think, like I said, if, if your people feel cared for and taken care of and their needs are being met and you know, they feel valued, then they're, you won't have to worry, but if you're worried about it, then you probably should be worried about a lot of other things instead of that. You know, it's like, there's other things to deal with there. Like you're, people are going to treat you how you treat them. And if, like you said, if you're a company who takes advantage of your employees, they're going to look for reasons to take advantage of you. Cause they're going to feel like they're owed that, you know, yep. and it's pretty simple. Like that's easy math, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that math maths. And so you can, it's, it's just crazy how like such a simple solution can seem so hard for a lot of people. And I think you know, that, that translates to everything too. It's like how you show up is how, you know, people are probably going to respond to you. So if you show up ready to fight, people are going to fight you because they're going to sense that energy. But if you show up ready to like, accept that people are who they are and that like, if you don't assume that people have ill will, then things usually go a lot smoother. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And I think it's that way in the quality world too. Like, I think people you know, the name of the show is a little off-putting, I think for some people, but it's like, why does it bother you so much? You know? (laughs) Yeah. And I think it can be the same for trying different things, you know, in quilt, the quilting world, like 
but maybe a different approach that's a little less traditional. It's like, there can be a lot of backlash, but it's like, if you're assuming that people are trying to ruin it, then of course you're going to treat them that way. But if you just gave us the benefit of the doubt and tried to understand our perspective, things would probably be a lot easier. Yeah. Well, and I think too, I, there's, and this goes back to us talking about, you know, the older generations, there's a lot of people, this is how it should be done in quilting. I call them the quilt police Mm -hmm. Um, and they can obviously be very off-putting, but they can also, you know, they can diminish someone's creativity, whether that's in quilting or in how they, and how they run their business. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think, yeah, being open, open to new ideas, not Mm -hmm. being a quilt police and, you know, anyone's, anyone's ideas are welcome. Um, is, is always a good place to be in. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I know there's a very real fear that like the tradition is going to be lost, but I think there's so many people still sticking to those old traditions that it's going to be fine. It's like, and I'm seeing younger and younger people picking up hand quilting and hand, like hand piecing. I'm like, you are crazy. (laughs) That's what machines are for. And I, but I can appreciate like why they would be doing that. And so I don't, I don't think we are in real, any really ugh, in any real danger of losing the traditional way, but I think it's important to allow the, the craft to modernize so that more people can ex- access it and, and do it in a way that makes sense for their life. Cause not everybody has time to sit and hand quilt something for months on end when, you know, that's just not realistic for a lot of people. So being able to do these like cool patterns and more or more modern ways that look traditional is like such a cool twist on it and gives people that ability to make more traditional looking things in a faster pace situation. Absolutely. Well, and I've noticed, you know, as I, when I first started out, I was a very modern quilter. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, I liked Heather Bailey, Amy Butler, Tula pink. I mean, I still own tons and tons of Tula pink, which people who follow me now on Instagram with all my pastels would probably find that, <laughs> you know, kind of startling. Um, I think she's an absolutely amazing artist. Mm-hmm. Um, but as I've gotten on, you know, I like to experiment other things where now I do a lot of the hand piecing and I do English paper piecing and I teach people how to English paper piece. Um, I like mixing the, the traditional with the new, I think, mm-hmm you know, when you have people that have new ideas, you're just going to bring about even more creativity and designs. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I like the, the blended, um, thing. So we need, you know, we need the very traditional, we need the very modern, and then we need those people in between, um, which yeah. is where I like, where is where I like to sit, um, is right in between. And I get to pick and choose from both sides. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think, yeah, if somebody doesn't have, you know, the space or even the budget for a sewing machine, I like that the traditional hand piecing is still there for them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you are strapped on time and you want to crank out a, a quilt, we have the modern ones too. Um, so yeah, I think again, like you said, there's, there's room for everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Which it's like, it just doesn't make sense to like exclude anybody or anybody. I mean, I guess if someone's literally trying to sabotage quilting, then yeah, kick them out. But 
you know, as they long as to set my fabric on fire, I'm really going to, I'm really going to say no to them, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe not those people, but if someone wants to be in the quilty space and bring what they have to the table, then like, it doesn't make sense to, to not allow it or to try to police it somehow. Like you said, it's like, who are you to tell someone that they can't do this? Like, yeah, exactly. Nobody put a <laughs> badge on your jacket, you know, it's like, <laughs> oh, it's so silly, but I think too, the more we talk about it, the more we bring it to light, the easier it is for people to go. Yeah. I've experienced that. And you know what? I am going to be a little more outspoken for myself to do what I want to do. And, you know, I think emboldening people to approach quilting, how they want to do it is just going to be beneficial for the, the industry as a whole. So. Yeah, definitely make it more accessible. So more people can join. Um, yeah. If you want to call it a blanket, it's totally up to you. <laughs> I'll cringe on the inside and I'll try yeah. not to say anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's great, isn't it? Oh. <laughs> My three-year-old, uh, she calls them blankets. Mm-hmm. She, she names them because there's one that has like flowers on it. You know, it's her flower blanket. Mm-hmm. She's got her elephant blanket, you know, they're quilts, but we're, we're going to allow it. <laughs> like when you're four though, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> I cut you off. <laughs> then you have to stop calling it a blanket. no it's funny it's and it is it's like I crochet also and like and my husband doesn't just annoy me but if people are like what are you knitting I'm like nothing actually (laughs) (laughs) they're like oh like this is called crochet I'm like I mean there's a time and place to correct people but if they're just asking a question like it's not that big of a deal to just answer them. You know, it's like, it's not going to hurt anything to say, oh, I'm making a scarf. Like, yeah, the end, you know, it's like, I don't have to explain that. And I think we're, we live in a zone of, in society where it's like easy to get caught in that over explanation. Cause we've got this anxiety of being misunderstood or like, at least I can only speak for myself, but I do sometimes find myself over explaining and I'm like, God damn it. I did it again. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I am guilty of this, especially, you know, being on social media. Um, Mm -hmm. I I do a lot of like little tutorials on my stories and and reels and they're fast. You have to get them done right in 30, Mm -hmm. 60 seconds. Yeah. I'm a pretty long winded person. Um, and I've even had people message me, like get to the point because I will (laughs) try and like explain like, this is why you want to do this. And like, if Mm -hmm. if this happens, you want to do this. Um, if your points don't match, if this, you know, and, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> usually I take it, you know, like I just take it and go on. Um, cause I know what they, I know that I'm very talkative. Um, so I know that I can over explain something, but I want to make sure people, people know. Um, mm-hmm. and usually I tell them I'm, I'm not, I'm not for you. <laughs> if you yeah. don't want the deep dive on why this starch is better than this starch, yeah. I am not a person for you. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, definitely long-winded. I'm okay with it. Yeah, I'm the same. And like, there's times where I'm like, God, I should. And like, I was telling you, like, if I'm edit when I'm editing, I usually cut myself out of the episodes more than anything because I'll just ramble and be like, "What was I even talking about?" But I think I just get in my head because I've been told my whole life, like, "Oh, you talk so much." Like, 
I used to get in trouble at school for talking. I, you know, my parents would be like, <laughs> oh my God, stop talking. And my husband will sometimes be like, I don't know what you're talking about anymore. I zoned out like five minutes ago. And I'm like, cool. <laughs> so I can be pretty self-conscious about it, but I don't know. Like, I'm like you, it's like, I want to know the details. Like sometimes I want the quick and dirty. Cause I just need to see how to do something real quick. But if I'm like learning it for the first time, I want to know those details so that I'm like fully prepared to do what I need to do without like running the risk of making those mistakes and then having to find another tutorial that tells me how to fix that mistake. Or, you know, it's like, if you can preface certain things to help people avoid those situations, then that's great. Like, and the people that like you will stick with you and the people who don't will skadoodle on somewhere else. And that's fine. <laughs> like, just like we were talking about with pattern writing and, you know, putting them out there. That's the same thing with tutorials or whatever. Like you'll find somebody who speaks to you and, and that's great. Go do that. <laughs> yeah. The beauty of social media and the fact that there are so many, you know, pattern designers and quilters, um, out there, you know, whether it's Instagram or YouTube or I'm sure there's quilters on Facebook. I don't, I don't really know. Um, (laughs) but you can find, you can find somebody that'll teach you, um, that fits your style, um, the way you want to be taught. So, yeah, there are lots of quilters on Facebook just so you know, and, um, (laughs) (laughs) um, I'm in a couple of different, like long arming groups on, on Facebook and, um, just sometimes the way that they answer each other's questions, it's like, just answer the question, but also, cause it's like, they don't, they don't even address the thing that the person asked or like, they'll be like, Oh, this you're in your picture. This thing is wrong. And it's like, that's not what they're asking you. Yeah. Like <laughs> that has nothing to do <laughs> with anything. <laughs> yeah. It's like your, your machine is threaded wrong. It's like, they didn't ask you for that. Like <laughs> they're asking about fabric, not about their machine tension. It's like just silly stuff like that. It's like, just stop. like we unless it's like a grave error that you're like no this is so wrong and this is actually like really bad kind of thing like nobody needs your correcting like just the quote police like you don't need to you don't need to unless it is (laughs) like legitimately like oh your needle's upside down like you know yeah I'm just not not about critiquing each other. And it's the same thing. It's like, it's art, you know, you don't, I mean, I know there's art critics and I know that there's, you know, (laughs) whatever, but for the sake of just creating, it's like, just be proud of that person that they put, put their themselves into that thing that they just made. And if you can't be, then just don't say anything. It's not for you. And that's it. Move along. Like, there's plenty more things for you to worry about than what someone did that you don't like. <laughs> if it doesn't yeah. affect your day, then move along. <laughs> it's so Always funny. Their opinions. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's bonkers out there. I, I mean, I think the majority though, like I, I've said before, the, the majority of the quilting community that I've encountered has been fantastic and most people are really open and understanding and and that's great so it's like there are times where it's like please leave me alone but most of the time everybody's really good so <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah i would say you know the the one person who told me i talk too much um she is one you know of you know i i've uh, 
I guess, a large following, but she's like one of, you know, 20,000 people, right? Right. Um, right. Where a ton of other people have said like, oh, I love this, or I'm, you know, if I'm explaining how to put binding or attach binding strips, you know, Mm -hmm. I have more people say, thank you. I have always struggled with this and you explained it to the point that I needed to. So of course there's, there's going to be those one-offs and you just, like I said, I try and brush them aside just because, you know, maybe they're having a bad day. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Maybe they're just having a bad day and, um, they just needed to say something. Um, but yeah, for the, I, I would agree that the vast, vast majority of people that I've met in person and online are very sweet and, um, supportive and yeah, great, great community. Yeah. Yeah. And I think too, it's the same thing. If you have that mindset of like, not assuming that the person means any harm or like that they have ill will towards you, you're just like, Oh, like you said, like maybe they're just having a bad day and they didn't, weren't necessarily acknowledging it to themselves or whatever. If, if you can keep that kind of attitude, it makes it easier to handle those kinds of comments or, you know, people who maybe are a little bit spicier than others, but like, (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, it's, it is, I love like how much people like quilters rally around each other and support each other and root for each other. Cause it's like, yeah, we might have very different styles or whatever, but it's like, we can all see the value in what each other brings to the community and to the table. And I just love that aspect of it. So it's like a team sport without being a sport. <laughs> it's just, just as dangerous though. Yeah. Just as dangerous. You could get stitches. Um, yeah. But yeah. You can cut off a finger. You can, I mean, end up in the hospital. It's crazy. <laughs> like these I know are sharp some, tools. They're very sharp. I am, have been very lucky and I'm going to knock on wood as Me soon too. as, as soon as we start. <laughs> I, I have not uh, cut myself with my rotary blade, but I have, I've seen some, uh, some bad cuts for sure. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know how I've gotten lucky, a sharp blade and I put a lot of pressure on it. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, Oh yeah. I've, I mean, I've had like little, almost like paper cut style. Just like if I like brushed my finger against it or something like very lightly, I'm like, Oh God. Okay. That's (laughs) like, that's enough for me to just be like really careful. And, but yeah, I've seen people cut themselves so bad and I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, this is sharp. You have to be careful. It's like kitchen knives. Like you don't just go waving them around or like, just leave them out. Like all willy nilly. It's I have like almost sewn through my finger. I just went through like the skin on the very side of my finger, like next to my fingernail. And I was like, okay, okay, okay. Like <laughs> I'm going to be okay. <laughs> I've had just, just enough close calls where like there's blood, but it's like definitely way manageable. And like, that's enough. That's all I need. Little, like little scares, but that's all. I don't need anything more catastrophic for me to be like, yes, ma'am. I will be more careful. Okay. Thank you very much. <laughs> right. That is sharp. I don't want to do that again. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh man. Um. So with all that. So when did you, how, like, obviously you've been quilting for a long time, but like, when did you think, Hey, I should start designing quilt patterns. Like when did that come into your purview? Um, well, after I had, after I had my daughter, I I had kind of taken a break from sewing. And when I finally got everything back out, I joined this sew along. Um, it was called Tula Palooza. 
and it was put on <laughs> I think they still do it um but it was their first year they were huge Tula Pink fans and so they had you sign up and every month they set a like a prompt and you had to make a quilt in that month mm-hmm. with all Tula fabric um which I had lots of ironically I joined this so that I would use up a lot of my Tula I think I ended with more Tula than I started <laughs> Because of course I was like, oh, I need this fabric instead of this one that I have. Yeah. Um, right. So they, they had different prompts. And so like for January, they had a certain block and you could design a quilt around this block. Um, and it could be any size you wanted. I think it had to be, um, like more than 50 inches square. Oh, okay. You could make any layout you wanted. So it could be very traditional, very modern, whatever. Mm-hmm. So I did that for probably five or six months, I think I made six quilts and it really kind of got me into this, like, okay, what if I took this block and I offset it and I put different sashing in between. And, you know, I, I made some quilts that I really, really loved and there was no pattern to them, no rhyme or reason. I was coming up with my own math and I really loved that. And that was in like 2018. Mm. So one of the quilts that I designed during that time I was trying to figure out how to write it. And I should preface this. I am not a tech person at all. Um, (laughs) You want to know like how DNA synthesizes into proteins. Like I could give you that explanation, but (laughs) using like PowerPoint, I can't like, I (laughs) not a tech person. So I had like played around with word and PowerPoint and watched like a few tutorials. I got this quilt, like half written Mm -hmm. and I was so frustrated like it was just taking forever that I, that I stopped. Hmm. And then in 2020, you know, we all got shut into our houses. Um, I was, I had just had my second daughter. She's now three. She's a COVID baby. Hmm. Um, and we were moving to Corpus Christi. We had, we were living in Houston at the time we were moving to Corpus Christi and Elizabeth Chapel of Quilters Candy hmm. offered a pattern writing course. And I had met Elizabeth a few years prior. Um, her and I both attended a Houston Modern Quilt Guild meeting, like at the same time. Ironically, mm-hmm. it was her only meeting to ever attend. Wow. We attended it and I didn't attend another one for probably a year and a half. Wow. <laughs> so it was like we both came, we sat in the back of the room. And in talking to her, I found out that she had this at the time, she had a quilter's candy box. Mm-hmm. So every month you got some. I think it was like fabric notion, fabric, some notions, and you got like a cute little treat, like a Rice mm-hmm. Krispie treat or you know brownie or something. Yeah. And she had told me that she had never quilted. She'd made like one quilt and then she started this subscription box and she was doing 200 subscription box a month. And I was like, holy cow, this woman is like amazing. <laughs> and I went yeah. home to my husband like, she'd never made a quilt before. And she just started this quilting business and it, you know, has a bunch of people subscribing. Um, so by the time she offered her course, she had sold, um, the quilters candy box. So now she's just quilters candy. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was one of those, as soon as she sent out the email, I was like, I have to take this course. Yeah. If there's anyone I want to learn from in business, it's this woman because she knew nothing about quilting and started a subscription box and like had all yeah. these people. Um, so yeah, that was when I, I learned EQ8, which I had already had that software, um, but really had no idea how to use it. Cause again, not a tech savvy person. Sure. Um, and I learned Adobe illustrator and I wrote my first pattern, um, while I took her course. Um, 
and yeah, I've, I've been designing and writing ever since. Um, and that was in, that was in 2020. My first pattern came out in January of 21. Um, so it was kind of, it just kind of hit like the right time of, I had been furloughed from my job, um, and then went straight on to maternity leave. And so I had all this, all this extra time. I say extra time, but of course, if anyone has a three month old at this point, it's probably not that you have a lot of extra time, but, um, yeah, I just felt like if I'm not going to do it now, then I'll never do it. Right. And I, I don't know if, um, at the beginning of COVID, there was this woman that I am friends with on Facebook and I don't even know how I met her or how I'm friends with her. I'm sure we all have people like that on Facebook. Yeah. She sells Mary Kay and she posted that at that point, we only thought we had to be shut in our houses for like two weeks. (laughs) Right. So funny. funny. Hilarious. Um, but she posted, she said, if you don't start that business or you don't take that class or you don't do that thing that you've been putting off because you don't have time, if you don't get it done in these two weeks when you're stuck at home, right. it wasn't time. It was lack of willpower. Now I know that she posted this <laughs> to get people to sign up for her Mary Kay business, right? Sure. That's, Naturally. I, I don't wear makeup. So I, that didn't ever appeal to me, but it was one of those I mean, three and a half years later, I still remember this single post. Cause I was like, you're right girl that I have no idea how I know you. You're <laughs> right. I need to take this time. I need to take a course. If I'm not going to do it now, then I'll never do it. Right. Um, so it was just kind of like a perfect storm of all these things that I was like, this, this is what I want to do. Um, I signed up, I had no business license. I think that was the first like call that I had with Elizabeth was like, well, how do I go about getting a business ID? (laughs) How do I do that? Um, which was not what she was helping with, but she did help me. Um, you know, how do I, how do I set up a website? How do, how do I do all these things? Um, so yeah, just, it was, yeah, the perfect, perfect time. And it's been, again, I don't like to talk in cliches, but man, it's been, it's been life altering, um, all the opportunities just from taking that one course, and obviously working hard, but just from taking that one course, all these extra things that I got to do. Um, and Elizabeth and I are still friends. She was one of the first people when, when Pat Bravo called me, um, mm-hmm. to ask if I wanted to be a socialite, like Elizabeth was one of the first people that I called Yeah, <laughs> and was like, Oh my goodness, I can't believe I get to do this. Like somebody yeah. come pinch me. This is not, this is not real. Um, so yeah, it just, uh, her course started, started it all. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. I, I mean, I hear nothing but great things about her and her course. And, you know, a lot of people I've talked to have taken it and they've said the same thing. Like it changed their trajectory. Cause it was like, they all of a sudden had all these tools to use that made a lot of things that they thought were so hard become more simple and streamline the process. And it's, which I think that's great. Like, I love that she was able to come up with something that is helping so many people like feel like they have a place in, in the quilting community and especially on the business side of things and not just be a quilter, but be someone who inspires other quilters. And, you know, she's just passing that along and giving other people that opportunity as well, which is like really great. Yeah. And I love like the people that I've been able to meet who also took the course, um, mm-hmm. like Jessica of Quilted Studios and Liza, mm-hmm. um, 
Casey didn't take the pattern writing course. She took her, her business course, but, um, I, I text with those girls like almost weekly. Um, yeah. so it's nice to have other people that I've met through Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I have like quilty entrepreneur friends, you know, that like, we aren't competing against each other. We, um, we talk about business ideas and, you know, whether that's a sew along or an email builder, you know, mm-hmm. uh, sign up thing or whatever it may be. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was an, another one. Like when, when Casey got her, her thing from Riley Blake to be a fat, fabric designer. Mm-hmm. I mean, she texted all of us. She was yeah. like, I haven't told my husband yet, but I have to tell <laughs> somebody who is going to appreciate this. So just having, you know, this community that she's built of people that can, can talk about like the ups and the downs, right. Of mm-hmm. running a small business, whether you're a quilter or not, there's always going to be downs of small business, um, ownership. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she's done a good job of just giving people the opportunity to find those, those friends, um, that you can lean on and just say, I need to rant for just a little, you know, like (laughs) I need to blow off some steam. Um, and, or I need to, I need to have somebody that is in my corner cheering me on. Um, I think she's done a really great job of just building that, that community. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. So with being a socialite, like what, I mean, yeah. Did someone bring your attention to it or did you just see them post about it and, and apply or like, yeah, so I, I just saw their posts and applied. I, I, I had been asking, so I had done a few lookbooks with them. So for every collection mm-hmm. that they put out, they have a lookbook. I think when I applied, I had done maybe five or six different lookbooks. Mm-hmm. And I, I knew in the past cause Elizabeth was one. And then Carolina Moore had been one. They had had AGF socialites previously, mm-hmm. um, usually only one, one or two at a time. It wasn't, you know, the fact that they have 10 now is a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they picked a lot of us, but I had been reaching out to them just saying, Hey, are you ever, are you ever going to do this again? Are you ever going to have the socialite program again? Um, you know, cause I already, almost exclusively was using art gallery fabrics. I was mm-hmm. you know, being in their lookbooks. And so it just, when they, when they posted it, I applied. Um, and then it took them, it took them quite a while to go through all the applications. I think they said they had like six or 700 different people apply. Holy cow. Um, and I think I was one of the last ones for them to talk to. Cause when I talked to Pat, she listed off you know, all the other girls, um, that were a part of it. So, um, I know there were people that got called, you know, almost immediately, mm-hmm. um, but it just took them a long time. Cause Pat went through and read every, every single application and made sure, you know, when yeah. uh, that's why I said at the beginning, I think she did a really good job of finding people that are very modern. Um, some that have improv, some that use the darker colors. I, you know, very much am the pastel, more traditional with the English paper piecing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think she did a good job of just finding a really wide, wide range of creators um, because they have obviously a very wide range of fabrics that they offer. So it made sense. Um, yeah. So yeah, I just, I just applied. I even remember, I think that was in like August, September Mm-hmm. At the very end of September, they have Quilt Market in Houston. Right. And I had already decided that I was going to go to Quilt Market. Um, I'm also an arrow, an arrow sewing cabinet ambassador. And okay. so I really wanted to meet 
all the arrow sewing people. Cause I had, um, I had, you know, multiple calls with them and I have this sewing cabinet and stuff. And so I, I only live about three hours from Houston. So I was like, well, I'm going to go. Um, and that way I can meet the arrow sewing people. And I like going to Houston for the day. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I met a lot of the art gallery, um, girls and Walter was there mm-hmm. and, yeah, I even remember asking them at that point and they were like, we are not sure when we're going to announce it. We had so many applications. Um, so I really thought I wasn't going to get picked, <laughs> you know, which yeah. would be fine. Um, I would have kept doing the the lookbooks and stuff and partnering mm-hmm. with them when I, when I could. Um, but yeah, yeah it's, it's been a lot of fun. The, the fat quarter bundle, um, when that showed up, I, I cried Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Cause you know, especially being somebody who's been sewing for so long, like I know how, how big that is. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that was, that was very cool, um, to get to do. And I sew with it still daily. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How fun to like, to get to be on that side of, you know, the craft of like curating a bundle that people can purchase and make other projects with even, you know, it's like, they don't even have to make the thing that you designed for It's like, that just that it's out there and it's your choices and, and finding people that resonate with that is like, it's just such a cool thing that, and I think too, like, if you think about if they had six to 700 applications and they pick 10, it's like, there is a big enough pool of people to, to have so many socialites now, you know, it's like, maybe there wasn't as many to choose from before, but I think like we were saying, you know, people have been emboldened to take, to, you know, take the next step and build a business where they feel that they can contribute something to the community. And so there's like a a larger pool of people and more, more ideas being shared. You know, it's kind of goes full oval, like we like to say in our house, (laughs) instead of full circle, full oval back to the (laughs) The I like beginning. <laughs> our son came up with that at one point we were like we're just talking for like over an hour about stuff and it was just like all random topics and we ended up coming back to our like our original topic and he goes whoa that was full oval we were like what <laughs> anyway so it, it has stuck but um I've just thought like if there there's so many ideas out there and so much representation to be had that you know if 10 people is like just a small sample of the amount of people that applied. It just goes to show that like there is such a good range, big range of people and styles and ideas. And I, I agree with you. Like, I think they did a great job spanning that kind of spectrum of, you know, modern to, to traditional, to colorful, to muted, to, you know, it's like, there's every kind of bundle out there, more urban looking like, like Ashland's to, you know, the Katie's it's all solid, bright colors, which it looks like a party, you know, it's like just, yeah. different. <laughs> which is her, right? I mean, it's exactly right. Solid colors. Um, and yes. that's what we have a, we have a group, um, message, especially when we were all getting ready to pick our bundles and our fabrics. Mm-hmm. Um, when the girls would post, like, I think this is what my bundle is, but I'm not sure of like this color. And I remember Taylor of, of Toad and So she posted mm-hmm. hers and I was like, it looks like a retro mountain 
theme and she was like well retro mountain hiker is like the perfect description of me so I guess I you know I guess yeah. I'm good so it was really cool to see everyone their styles come out just in a in 16 fabrics right whether that's right. solids or, or prints or both um so yeah it was it was fun to see you know Victoria of the midlife quilter her and I mm-hmm. there's a lot of fabrics and prints and things that her and I do that are similar mm-hmm. um, but even ours are very different yeah. um so even that was cool to see if you know she's she's got a lot of the the peaches and the mustard you know kind of burnt orange mm-hmm. all the, way the lighter colors um so yeah it was it was it's been a very fun experience to to be a part of and it was nice to um to have them so that I wasn't doing it by myself so again like that little little community of like socialites of you know how are you guys handling this you know where are you you know what does your free a lot of us wrote free patterns that go along mm-hmm. with a bundle so even that of like well should my pattern be this big or should it be this big like do you like this idea or this one which one do you think fits better with my bundle um just talking through things like that it was nice to have you know, someone to, to bounce ideas off of. Um, I always joke, my husband is not a crafter (laughs) at all. Um, and I would not say that he is a fashionable person. He thinks red pants and a red shirt together, like monochromatic is a way to dress yourself. So I don't ask, you know, color advice (laughs) or quilt advice from him ever. So it's nice (laughs) to have other people who think like I do, um, Mm -hmm. And to be able just to have someone to, I love him. He's good for other things. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> like if I need the sink fixed, he's a great person to go to, but not, yeah. not for quilting at all. <laughs> yeah. Like, don't tell me about colors. You're literally wearing gray on gray. Like yeah. <laughs> you wear plaid on plaid. I'm not, do- I'm not talking to you. <laughs> yep. 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 That's so fun. Well, yeah. And like that camaraderie, I think too, can help, especially in like, probably, well, at least from, you know, the conversations I've had, just the like disbelief that you were chosen and like get to do this really cool thing. It's like, keep that like doubt monster at bay and let these other quilters like build you up and encourage each other as you're, you're doing this really cool thing together. And, you know, you do have your own little circle, the community now, because you've gone through something really cool together and and been there for each other in it to support one another and help you help your best, you know, ideas shine. And I think that's so fun that like through a palette of fabrics, people can just express who they are. And what's funny about Taylor, you're like retro mountain. She's like, that's me. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, and that bundle fits, you know, fits her perfectly. Um, And it's even cool to see the people who've purchased the bundles um, I know someone purchased you know, a secret garden bundle, which is the name of mine, but mm-hmm. they did one of Taylor's patterns and, oh. you know, her and I are very different. I'm a very traditional. She's got a lot of modern, mm-hmm. um, a lot of really cool angles and stuff in her patterns, but it was kind of cool to see this two, these two blends, um, that I would have never, I would have never picked that pattern for myself. Um, right. and Taylor probably would have never picked my bundle for herself. Right. <laughs> Um, but to see, you know, someone else see that, that design and think, oh, I'm going to use secret garden for that, um, right. has been, has been really awesome. Um, yeah. 
yeah, lots of, lots of collaboration and lots of creativity going on. Um, yeah. Well, and that's like why I think too, one of the things I, one of the reasons I say that, you know, there's room for everyone's designs and like that wants to put it out there because then there's like you put it out, but then there's even more steps to that creative, that creativity, like, you know, yeah. Someone taking your bundle and making Taylor's pattern, like you never would have done that. She never would have done that, but now someone's out there doing it. And so it's like this whole, it's taken on this whole new journey where it now gets to be interpreted by the people that, that love it, whatever it is, your bundle or your patterns or, you know, so just the fact that that's like an iteration that that happened out in the world it's like okay that that means there's more space for this like there's yeah. room for everything because obviously that person had a different idea for both of your ideas like and I just I love that like I love the infinite nature of just like the ideas we come up with and maybe there's lots of similar things out there right like but when it's got your own twist on it or you know, you come up with like a slightly different way to do it, then it's like, okay, you've done something new. And now you've like spun that off into its own little fractal of something in the universe. It's like, you just, I don't know. It just always leads to something so cool. So. Well, and I think I, uh, I always have to remind myself, you know, when that doubt monster comes around or like, well, someone's already designed something similar to this. Um, I, I, I must've been like 15 or something when I saw this video that was talking about people who were learning to paint Mm -hmm. and you know just because van gogh went and painted a starry night sky doesn't mean that the starry night sky that you paint isn't good you know and don't tell someone like oh well the the night sky has already been painted so try doing a sunrise instead you know like you would never tell a you know my five-year-old who wants to be an artist I would never tell her don't try and paint the night sky. Don't try and paint the stars. It's already been done. You can't do it any better than Van Gogh. Um, you wouldn't say that. So why would, you know, you wouldn't want to say that to a quilter either right. that their idea is not valid or is not worth being made. Um, right. You're going to inspire somebody else, whether you, whether you know it or not, um, mm-hmm. by the quilt or design that you did. And so yeah, there's, there's room for all of us. And I think it just makes the craft even better and not, you know, I think all the rules that go along with it is just make it even more traditional and ancient. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so if we allow more people to bring their ideas to the table, I think that's going to keep the craft alive and keep mm-hmm. it thriving and growing for years and years to come. Yeah. Um, and the really cool thing, you know, about social media is what I found is Quilting is very much, you know, uh, an English, European, American, obviously people in Australia, <clears throat> but I have found there's tons of people who now follow me that are, that are from the Middle East mm-hmm. or from India, um, that are, are just now finding quilting because it's not a tradition in their country or in their culture where it is in America. Yeah. Um, and so there's even more people bringing new ideas and colors and fabrics and, um, and designs into the quilting realm. It's just going to grow from there. Um, which I think is, is really exciting, um, to see, you know, what these people who grew up, you know, 
with a different, a different type of textile, um, a different mm-hmm. type of art, what they can bring to quilting. Yeah. You know, my, mom, my mom and I are part of the Dallas Quilt Guild mm-hmm. and they have, um, they give, it's a nonprofit. So they give out a lot of money throughout the year to different crafters and things. And one of the things they did a few years ago is they paid for a long arm machine to be at the University of North Texas. Mm. University of North Texas is known for their art program. Um, they have a huge art college, um, interior design, all sorts of art, uh, different art types. Mm-hmm. And so they have a long arm class that's there and they had these, um, you know, they didn't have a lot, but they had maybe five or six students who took a long arm quilting class and they were mostly fashion background. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that was their degree was like fashion design. Yeah. And then at the Dallas quilt show, they came and had a special exhibit of just the things that they had designed and made with this long arm machine. And I mean, it was, it was quilted clothing and quilted, you know, pieces of clothes made into quilts. Uh I mean, it was things that I would have never come up with. Um, there was one jacket that had this quilted collar that kind of stood up. It looked very Victorian, but I was like, I would totally wear this. Like I buy this and this is the coolest thing. Um, so yeah, just having all these different blends, like I said, these people from, you know, the middle East that have a very different, um, different type of art to have them come into the quilting world. I'm, I'm so excited to see what they make. Just like if you were to give a long arm machine to a a fashion designer, what they come up with. Um, so yeah, there's, there's no rules. Um, and Mm -hmm. I think that just is great for the craft. Yeah. And I think, you know, learning to sew and learning the why is, is important, but not so rigid that like, it makes you hate it or feel like you can't experiment. Cause I think sometimes sticking to those rules too hard can be really intimidating and make people feel like they're going to fail before they even start. And I know I was in that boat. So like, it took me until I was in my thirties to even start quilting or, you know, wanting to even touch a sewing machine, even though I've been around it my whole life because of my mom, I just was too scared of it to even get there. But like, it took, you know, my friends forcing me lovingly to, to do it, to actually like figure it out. And they weren't, you know, forcing rules down my throat. They were showing me how to cut fabric and all these things like that you need to know how to do, but it's the approach that makes the difference. And, and yeah, it it is something that everybody that wants to can do and you just have to make it accessible. And I love that you're seeing a wider range of followers and people that are getting into the craft. Cause I think it's not as global as I think it's easy to believe coming from the U S and having it be everywhere all the time. Yeah. To think that, Oh yeah. It doesn't make sense that they'd be quilting in the desert. Like (laughs) probably not, (laughs) you know, and their textiles are very different over there because it serves their culture and their purposes and for their climate too. It's like very different, but, um, that's really exciting though. Cause it's like, well, what can they come up with that? maybe lends more to that, that could be more, you know, meaningful and relevant to them, but still be in that quilty world. And I don't know, that's really cool. Yeah. I like it. (laughs) How fun. So do you have a new pattern coming out soon or another one this year or anything 
that, you know, we can be looking forward to? Well, um, the very first pattern I wrote is called flower garden. I Mm -hmm. am in the process of writing an expanded version. Um, so the largest that it is currently is like a large throw. It's 60 by 60. Okay. Um, and it uses nine fat quarters, but if you make it one size bigger, Mm -hmm. it uses 16 fat quarters, which will go along with my bundle. Um, Mm -hmm. so that was kind of the, the reasoning behind it. Um, and I just, I get asked a lot in some of the patterns is how can I make it a queen size quilt or how can I make Mm -hmm. it a king size quilt? Um, which I've never made a king size quilt. So that that one's always a little difficult for me. Um, but so I'm expanding, um, that original pattern. Um, and then I have a, a fun block that is coming out soon. That's, I just did a poll on my Instagram to know if people wanted just the block pattern and they could make any size quilt they wanted, Mm -hmm. or if they wanted an actual quilt pattern. Mm -hmm. Um, they're pretty split, but most people wanted just the block pattern and they could customize it to whatever they wanted, which is nice. It's a little bit easier on me than writing, you know, four or five different sizes for it. Um, so yeah, and I might have a few, few things, you know, coming, coming up towards the end of the year, um, to kind of end out the holiday season, but, um, with the art gallery fabric, you know, socialite, I, um, I already am making a lot of quilts, mm-hmm. but I'm more just making them to kind of inspire people and get people excited about learning new techniques um, mm-hmm. and really kind of leaning into the teaching aspect. That's what I really love. You know, I have 15 years of quilting knowledge, um, which is why sometimes I'm just, you know, a fountain of information that you may or may not want. Um, <laughs> but I really enjoy that. And I really enjoy, you know, like I said earlier with the binding, like showing somebody a really simple way to flip their binding so that it lays flat and then being like, oh my gosh, this is a lifesaver. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I, I love that. So really towards the end of the year, just working more on, on the teaching, um, and just helping, helping quilters feel more confident in what they're making, um, is really what I love. Um, so yeah, lots, lots of fabric. Um, lots of quilts being made, but not so much the, the pattern writing as much. Well, you know, being a socialite and being an ambassador for arrow sewing, um, working full-time and having kids and all that. I, uh, I really burnt myself out in May. (laughs) So this summer I kind of took off and, um, I just sewed whatever I wanted. Um, I, I took breaks when I wanted, um, yeah. I just needed, I just needed a kind of like that mental break. Um, you know, I love, I love my quilting business. I love being able to design patterns, but that doesn't mean that sometimes it doesn't, you know, wear on me. Um, and I, two and a half years, I, I hit my, I hit my point where I needed to, to take a little break. Um, so yeah, getting back to the teaching that I love and just designing, something that gets me excited. So other people are excited about it too. Um, I just had to take a, take a step back and yeah. 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 I think that's, I mean, that's important to do. It's like your, you know, your followers are going to be there when you are ready to come back. And I think, you know, there is a real fear of like, Oh no, if I step away for five minutes, like people are going to disappear and they're going to forget about me. But I think you know, 
you, you re- obviously resonate with a large amount of people and they're not going to leave you just because you, you take care of you. And most people will understand that, you know, it's like, yeah. <laughs> not that you even need to explain that, you know, I think sometimes people feel like they have to get on and be like, I'm so sorry. I wasn't on here for one week. And most people are like, what are you talking about? Like, <laughs> yeah, they didn't even notice, right? Like there's so much content and not to like, not as like a discouraging thing. Like you might as well not make any content, but like, you know, for my brain too, I'm like, there's so much content out there. Like, are people even going to see what I'm making in the first place? And not that I make great content. Cause I don't know what the hell I'm doing, but, um, just that idea of like, are they going to even notice? Do I need to get on here? We're like, Oh my gosh. Hi guys. I'm so sorry. I've been gone for a week. Like I just, I don't like it when I see it. And so I don't know. People have lives. I always have to remind myself because that's, you know, that is the worry, right? If you built up a following that if I do take a step away, are people going to leave me? Mm -hmm. Um, And that's just Adam Masri. That's, that's just, he owns Instagram. Um, (laughs) For those of you who don't know who that is, right? (laughs) um, that's, you know, that's just him. That's just social media and the the lies that they tell you, right? right. Most people don't notice um, that yeah. you're missing and they will be there when you get back. Um, so yeah, it was nice to kind of step away and and yeah, I don't even think I told people why. I mm-hmm. just was like, well, it's it's summer and every once in a while I post a photo, you know, me and the mm-hmm. girls and, and Dan are at the beach, um, mm-hmm. which is a normal activity for us. Um, and yeah, I don't even think I don't even think they noticed, um, which was nice. I I needed the, the mental break and just kind of, you know, sit back and reevaluate what I, what I wanted out of my business. What were my goals? Um, and yeah, what I wanted my, my quilting, how, how could I make quilting bring me joy again? I guess, Mm -hmm. um, because that's really what resonates with people. And I think sometimes as business owners, we're always like, okay, so-and-so did this and people seem to really like that. So how can I spin that to make it mine? And how can I take this pattern and reach it farther when really, if you, if what you're doing is bringing you joy, it Mm -hmm. shows and people can see that. Um, and I've had to remind myself of like the times when my business was the most successful, um, or what I view as successful was when I was doing something I really loved and Mm -hmm. I could get people excited about it. Um, yeah. And they came along with me, you know, whether that's a color workshop or, um, you know, right now, obviously my big thing is English paper piecing. Cause that's, I sit in hand. sew almost every day. Yeah. Um, so people can see that. So it doesn't matter if you take a break, if when you come back, what you're putting out, you have joy in it, they'll see that and they'll come back to you. Cause yeah. that's, you know, social media can be very draining. Mm-hmm. Um, and very discouraging. A lot of times, like, why is my house a hot mess? Their walls look perfect. Mine have red marker on them. Cause my three-year-old decided to, you know, draw them all. Um, yeah. Yeah. Those kids look very well behaved. Mine are not, um, mm-hmm. might be more genetics than anything, but, um, <laughs> yeah. So a lot of times social media can, it can kind of get you down. So if you're mm-hmm. one of those that puts, you know, happiness and joy out there. Um, people are going to be drawn to you, whether you take the break or not, which is, which is nice to remind ourselves sometimes. Yeah, exactly. And, and I think too, like when you are being genuine and you are 
sharing your joy with other people, like, yeah, they're going to be more forgiving with your content. Like they're getting something from you, but I think when it is genuine, it's not like a, there's no demands there. There's no, like, I think people become more relaxed because they're more, yeah, they're just more forgiving. I think when they can tell that your content and what you're putting out is meaningful to you and, and helps share your joy. And then that's infectious and they're just happy that you're happy, you know? So it is kind of a give and take, but at the same time, you know, there's space for living your life and not constantly being on there. And I think more and more people are coming to that conclusion of like, oh, they don't have to show up every five seconds because I'm not on there every five seconds either. You know, it's like people are a little more willing to step away from it and go live their experiences and then maybe come back and share some or look at more content, but they're not like living their lives on there. So yeah, absolutely. I think it's good, but well, that's cool. And so, um, your block pattern is that just something you are just wanting to put out or is that part of anything? So it is, um, I'm actually really excited about it because it took a lot of math (laughs) (laughs) math for me to figure out. Um, but it's basically an eight pointed star inside of an eight pointed star. Um, And I, I saw this design actually on a book at my church, like Mm -hmm. in the middle of (laughs) my husband laughs at me because we were in the middle of the service and there's a book sitting in the pew and it had this star on it. And it was just this design. Um, and I got my phone out and took a picture and I was like, I am determined to figure out how to make this into a quilt block. This is so (laughs) cool looking. Um, and I did not want it to be foundation paper piece. Cause that's, you know, typically when you have eight pointed stars, either it's got some crazy angles, you know, diamonds, 60 mm-hmm. degree angles that you got to do. Um, or yeah, it's or, or foundation paper piece. And I didn't want to. So I, I sat for a long time at, and stared at this picture that I had taken, um, and finally figured out how to do it just with normal, you know, diagonal seams, you know, half score triangles and stuff. Um, so at this point to test out, I have made probably nine of these blocks just to make sure all my math works out. Um, and yeah, that's why I was like, I'm so excited. I don't want to wait and write the pattern. I would rather just give people the block Mm -hmm. so that they can see how easy it is to make and have this really cool star block. Um, and it's one of those, uh, you know, on Google, you can upload an image mm-hmm. and have them search for something. So this is going to sound really like egocentric when I say this, and I don't mean it to sound that way, but even Google could not find a quilt block that had been made like this. Oh, um, so I was really pumped. Yeah. <laughs> um, just again, because of all the math that it took to m- figure out how to make it. I, yeah. I was like, so impressed with myself. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, so that's why I figured, well, if I just put it out as a block pattern, people can make a quilt as big or as little as they want. Um, and then they can have this really awesome block, um, that is, is relatively new. And then maybe down the road, I'll actually write a full quilt, you know, with all the fabric requirements and measurements and things like that. Um, sure. So yeah, that's kind of how it came about. I just, yeah, I saw the book in my church, um, and decided that I needed 
to make a quilt block out of it. Cause that's what everyone's doing right in the middle of service. You're supposed to be listening to the sermon instead of thinking about quilt blocks on a book. Um, <laughs> my phone um not paying attention at all it's divine inspiration it's fine yeah (laughs) we'll call it that divine inspiration Uh, it was meant to be yeah that's fantastic and how exciting because I think too like you know if you have been quilting for a while you can figure out how to multiply the the fabric requirements to make multiple blocks and you can kind of fudge things here and there to like maybe not use as much fabric as you would need to make you know nine full blocks or whatever you can use scraps from other bits or whatever but and just that you know you can take a block and make a quilt from it you don't have to have the full pattern to accomplish that either so I think that leaves it in the the quilter's hands again to like make it theirs and, and do something unique with it. And, you know, and good for you for like being the one to make this pattern, a thing that exists in the quilty verse now, instead of just on a book in a church, like now people can bring that to life in different ways and let it live on in, yeah, in different ways. So that's awesome. Well, I think if you just do a block, it also lends people to use their scraps. Mm-hmm. Uh, and make it really scrappy. Or if you want to make a two tone and just make a ton of the block, um, you know, two tone way. Um, if you want to put sashing in it and make it super traditional or put it all together. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm really excited just to see, that's probably the thing I love the most about designing and writing quilt patterns is watching, you know, what other people see and what they then go create the fabrics that they choose, the colors they choose, um, you know, I have a few patterns that kind of like stained glass looking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's what everyone tells me is that it looks like stained glass. I based those patterns off of like black work embroidery patterns. So, mm-hmm. so I don't see stained glass, okay. um, what everyone else sees. And even those like to see where people put fabrics, whether they do, you know, a white as the outline or some other neutral mm-hmm. or pattern print in the outline. Um, that's been the coolest thing of being a designer is watching what other people do and the colors that they see and how they will kind of play off the pattern I wrote. And sometimes they modify it, um, what they need. Um, and that's awesome because yeah, I think everyone's creativity and what they, what they see is, is so cool. Um, so yeah, I would say, yeah, I'm excited to see, let, let me, let me just give you a block and you, you run with it and let's see what we can, what we can design out of that. Yeah. Yeah. That's so fun. And yeah, I would be like giddy with anticipation to see what people could come up with because, you know, you're sharing a a jumping off point for people, you know, where they can really express themselves through it and with their choices and, and their design elements that they add to it. It's like, then it takes on its own a whole different personality and a life of its own in that way. And yeah, you know, then when you get long arming involved, that's a whole different aspect of it. Like that's where a quilt gets a whole new personality. You know, it's like as a long armor too. And I'm sure your mom can attest to this. Like, it's just so fun to see, like, cause obviously quilt tops, they come in, you're like, Oh my gosh, this is so cute. But then once they're quilted, sometimes you're just like, I can't believe I had a hand in this, like how cool it ends up looking. And just like the life it takes on with, with some really well done quilting and 
thread yes. choices and all that. So. Yes. Yeah. It's, always, it's always interesting when I send her, um, a quilt, especially the stained glass ones. The very first one I did is called Dahlia Blooms mm-hmm. and she custom quilted it. And so she did all different stitches in different colors. And mm-hmm. yeah, when it came back, I was like, holy cow, I need to hang this on my wall. I can't believe I made this. Um, yeah. Quilting just made it, you know, puff up in certain places and kind of, she did a lot of stippling in the outlining. So it was like kind of matted down in that part. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, just made it a completely, completely different design. Um, yeah. I'm sure the people who followed me on Instagram at that point in time got annoyed of seeing all the close-up pictures because I was just so floored <laughs> that yeah. I that this was my design. Um, and this is my quilt to to have. Yeah. That's so it's so fun. And like even when I long arm my own quilts, sometimes I'm like, oh, oh my gosh, I can't believe I made that. Like <laughs> it's so funny but it is it's crazy just like at all the different stages like the feelings that come up or just like the ideas that can come from that even and it's just such a fun process like making a quilt start to finish and and being able to have a hand in all of it and you know even if you're not long arming your own but still choosing the design and the the threads and stuff like you know, it's like, no, you're, you're still there. Like the long armor does puts that there, but it's like, it's your choices. It's still your quilt. You know, it's, I think some people have said, you know, it's cheating. I'm like, no, it's not. It's just one more step in the process. And when you're communicating to me, what you want, like that's, I'm just doing what you want, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's interesting. So when my mom started quilting, so 15, 20 years ago, mm-hmm. um, and she joined the Dallas quilt guild, which, like I said, we're, we're still a part of yeah. back then, all of the quilts, um, or the vast majority of them were hand quilted mm-hmm. or they were quilted like on a domestic machine. Okay. But at that point, long arming was not, not a big thing. And so they felt like that was that was cheating and that wasn't real quilting. And so the quilt guild, again, 20 years ago, they had a different category. If your quilt was done by a long armor, because they didn't consider that a master, they have a master and an artisan quilting category. They didn't consider that a master. They wanted you to hand quilt it, or they wanted you to quilt it on your own machine. Um, and like, you were the only one who touched that quilt. Mm. And it's interesting as they have, you know, said, okay, fine. Long arming is not cheating. Right. Um, yeah, you're- you can be a master and, and also have a long arm. Cause a lot of them do. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, you can, you can use someone else's, uh, for a long time. They thought it had to be a, an original design. You couldn't use a pattern. Mm. Uh, well, then again, they kind of held back on that. Like, okay, you can use someone else's pattern. Um, and now they have it like, oh, if you bought a kit, that that doesn't count. We don't want you to put a kit in. But they've had to, you know, step farther and farther back because the more rules and things that you put on someone who is a quilter, the less likely they are likely they are not only to quilt but also to enter a quilt in a show. Yeah. Um, so like, don't tell me how to quilt. Like, don't tell me what I can and can't do. Like, I think in the grand scheme of things, it's like, if it fits the theme or if it's the category, like who cares? 
Yeah. So there's, there's all sorts of things that have come about even within my mom quilting. Um, yeah, I remember them. And again, I was in, in high school, middle school, high school at, the, at that time when they said, no, long arming is not, is not quilting. Um, mm. They only wanted the traditional way, but you know, if you cut off all those people, then you don't have them in the quilt guild. You don't have them, you know, coming to the quilt show or um, entering their quilts. So yeah, yeah, you're only you're only hurting yourself by by setting up rules like that. So yeah, uh, yeah, I I always those are the quilt police the the ones that say, well, that's not real quilting. Like, right. well, what does that mean? <laughs> right? Like, how dare you? <laughs> yeah you know, Betsy Ross sewed a flag. I wouldn't call that a quilt, but you guys are pretty, pretty enamored with her as a sewer. Um, so yeah, Yeah. she couldn't possibly imagine what quilting would be today. So just let it all, put it all in. Yeah. Well, and I think that's, that's where that openness comes in is like, well, as we make advancements in the craft, then like make new categories. Like there shouldn't only be two or three categories. Like there's so many different ways that people express themselves through fabric, through quilting, through sewing, like, you know, categorizing people into two, not that that were the only two, but like into two zones (laughs) and being like, that's it. Or you can't, you know, you can't participate. You're like you said, you're cutting off so many people that have something to contribute. And if they want to show off what they've done, cause they're proud of it, then let them like, I don't know. I just, it has never made sense to me to like exclude. I don't know. I think competitions, especially like, you know, judging quilts, like I get why people do it. And I'm totally in support of people who want to want to participate. Like I have no qualms with that. I don't think I ever would because it just, to me, defeats the purpose of, of what quilting is like, we're not here to compete with each other. It's not a, a game of like, who does it best or who's the number one, you know, it's like, everybody has something to give and to share. And I don't know, that's my, (laughs) that's, that's a different soapbox for a different day, but but yeah, I think it's, if we're going to, if we're going to keep this craft alive, we have to let it evolve with, with the ways that people want to participate now, not based on the past because the past is the past and we're here now and we have to look at now and, and the future and decide what we want it to look like. And if we want it to look like it dies off because it dies with this last generation that knows how to quilt, then that's, you know that's the hill some people are going to die on, but the rest of us in the meantime are creating a space where it can be carried on for more and more generations to come. And I think that's, what's important. So. Absolutely. And I think too, we are in a very special situation, um, you know, because so many people during COVID Mm -hmm. that was when they got introduced to quilting. They all went out and bought um, sewing machines because they wanted to make masks Mm -hmm. and now they have all this fabric and, you know, as, as leaders in the quilting community, we need to be open, you know, to, to not only teaching, but also just to, to other ideas. Um, because we have a really great opportunity for, for those people to continue being quilters and to expand the, the quilting community, um, as it is. And 
not to lose those people. Right. As we, you know, it's end of 2023. So we're, <laughs> we're, yeah. we're out of the pandemic, but, um, you know, we don't want to lose those people that we gained during, right. during that time. Um, yeah. It's okay to stay in your house. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to go back out into the world. You can stay at home and quilt with us. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like, don't leave me. Yeah. No, I really very quickly in 2020 that I was already kind of quarantined from people because when, when COVID started, I was seven months pregnant and I, I have worked from home for eight years. Mm-hmm. Um, so working remotely from home was not a new thing for me. Um, it was weird that all of a sudden everyone else worked from home too. And they were complaining <laughs> about it. <laughs> really, um, no, this is my jam. <laughs> I know this is my jam and I cook at home and I don't go out to eat because I have a, at the time, a two and a half year old, mm-hmm. um, that I don't want other people to have to eat their meal around. So, um, yeah, not, not a lot changed when COVID started for me. I, I figured out I was pretty secluded already and really enjoyed it. Yeah. <laughs> now that it's gone back, everyone's gone back to normal, uh, mm-hmm. using your quotes back to normal. I am still in quarantine in my, in my quilting room working from home. Um, yeah. So yeah you know, everyone can stay and we can all quilt and mm-hmm. keep doing it. Yeah. Yeah. It was a big adjustment, but I think like you, I'm like, Oh, I actually really like being at home. And my husband working from home, like previously his job, like he was a software developer at the time when, it, when everything happened and they weren't allowing remote work because they're like, this is like super top secret stuff. Like you can't, nobody can work from home, but then they had to. And it was like, see, everything's fine. It was like super funny. And now some, I think, cause we both quit our jobs, like two, two years ago, we were both like, bye. And, um, but it was just funny. Cause like some teams were like, we really need to get back to the office. And a lot of them were like, no, we don't. <laughs> and so it was just funny to see that happen. But even like with teaching, I think, yeah, completely having to reinvent how I did my job within the span of like a week was insanity. And like, I'm really proud of how our school handled everything. And, um, I think we, you know, for what it was, we did really well, but it was so hard. And when they were like, okay, well you have to come back to work because we can't trust you to get enough work done while you stay at home. And I'm like, who did it? Who was the person? Like <laughs> the rest of us were fine. Yeah. You know, who messed up? Who messed this like, up for us? Like you have to be at work, but you have to be in your classroom and by yourself. You can't work with your team. I was like, why? Like, what is the point? Like that's worse than just being at home. Like anyway, so I would have stayed home happily for the rest of it if I could have, but they didn't want me to. So <laughs> They're like, no, you actually have to teach your students. I'm like, oh, they're coming back. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, my husband works at at a chemical plant. Um, so he's used to being like around people, you know, in in the console talking to people all day long. So him coming to work from home was really hard. Mm. And you know, being seven months pregnant and uh in the in the realm that I am when COVID started, right? My my job really kind of lost its importance, which is why I got furloughed eventually. Yeah. Um, but he thought in the beginning, he was like, what do you do all day? He's like, <laughs> you're sitting here. He's like, you don't talk to anybody. I'm like, I don't, I don't need to talk to anybody. Yeah. 
I enjoy my silence. I, I don't need to socialize with people. I used to think that I was because I am so talkative. Mm-hmm. I used to think I was an extrovert. I I am fully aware that I'm in, in a very big introvert now and I enjoy being at home um, and yeah. going into social situations now exhausts me. Um, I probably would have learned that even without COVID, but yeah, right. <laughs> it was, it was very difficult for him um, being that he is an extrovert and he was used to working in an office every day. And, you know, he does a lot of teamwork collaborating, you know, mm-hmm. in his job. Um, so to get sat at home, he, uh, he was not excited. Um, so I did when he got to go back into work, which was only a few months in, mm-hmm. uh, into COVID, I was happy to make him a mask. Um, <laughs> yeah, he was, he was excited to go back to work, um, yeah. see people, even if it was, you know, from a distance, but yeah, I enjoy, I enjoy my home. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I am really like, yeah, I just feel so lucky that I had, you know, we already had the, the quilting business that I could just step into and that I have the flexibility to make my schedule how I want it. And, you know, I try to stick to like four to five days with my mom at her house, you know, working from there. Cause that's where the long arm is. And that's where like all of our stuff is for conducting business. But you know, I was like, okay, I need to make time for my podcast. I need to make time for my husband and our kids. Like I still had to like, I think when you're making your own schedule too, like it's a little different than like you have a full-time job. So you just work your job and then you can do this stuff. But it's like, I'm like, oh, I have to make my own schedule now and, and figure that out. But the flexibility has been so nice. And like, I, always joke with my husband. I'm like, if we ever have to get real jobs again, like it's going to suck big time <laughs> because having a set schedule that is someone else's decision is sounds so yucky right now. <laughs> yeah. And that's it. Now that we don't live in Houston, I don't get offered a lot, but, um, you know, in my, my real job, my normal job, mm-hmm. uh, I will get recruited obviously Mm -hmm. by other companies. And as soon as they say that they have a hybrid work environment or you have to go into the office, you know, two days a week or whatever, it's a hard no. I, I, I could not make myself get up and get dressed and look presentable and be in an office, um, for eight hours a day. Um, yeah. And yeah, Yeah. I I feel like if I, if I still lived, um, and had to do something like that, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have my quilting business be what it is. Right. I couldn't, I couldn't be a socialite, um, or a brand ambassador for anyone. I wouldn't have the time for that. Right. Um, So yeah, that's, it's definitely, a. it's definitely nice. It, it, Mm -hmm. you know, we'll sit in traffic for 30, 45 minutes a day. I know my husband sits for like 45 minutes. Um, so an hour and a half a day, uh, he is in the car where I'm like, I get, I get to sew all during yeah. that time. Um, yeah. and yeah, I don't have anyone breathing, breathing down my neck or right next to me needing me to do something. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, I, that's nice. <laughs> it's super nice. And you know, when you're getting your work done, you don't have anybody like hovering or micromanaging. You're like, no, I'm doing my job. Like, just leave me alone. And <laughs> you know, principals stopping in your room randomly and your kids acting like crazy, like, oh, that's, 
I don't miss any of it. People ask me all the time if I miss teaching and I don't. So <laughs> I'm like, well, I mean, I got a, I got through college and that's cool, but I don't think I want to do that anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's so nice. Like, I love that you have, you have that, like, you have a great job. You can be at home. You can make your quilting business how you want it and have that flexibility to do that and be around for your kids too. Cause I'm sure it's like, you know, yeah, you having a just... three-year-old and five-year-old, they definitely, they, they need a lot of attention. So yeah. I couldn't be a stay-at-home mom. I, I admire people who do that so much. Um, yeah. that is hard. <laughs> it is hard, hard, hard. Um, yeah. teachers, uh, like my daughter, she just started kindergarten. Um, mm -hmm. I told her teacher, I said, I will do anything for you. I won't keep, <laughs> I won't keep her home. I'm going to send her to you, but anything you need, I will mm -hmm. help you with. Um, cause it cannot be easy having 18, five-year-olds, <laughs> five, six-year-olds yeah. in a class all day. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it is nice. Cause I can have, I don't think if I had just my quilting business that I would be able to delegate my time very well. Mm -hmm. So it is nice that I have, you know, during the day I work and then I have my kid time. And as soon as they go to bed, I come and sew, um, or write or whatever I need to do, um, for my business. And, yeah. um, you know, I think too, I wouldn't have stayed with it if I didn't love it. You know, like, yes, obviously having a paycheck, um, is, is super nice. Right. <laughs> I'm not going to deny having right. the paycheck is nice. Um, but if I didn't also have passion for like what my full-time job was, I wouldn't stick with it. Yeah. Uh, so it is nice having these two, you know, one is very, you know, my job is very analytical and, and marketing focused and having the quilting on the other side, it lets me use both sides of my brain. So when mm -hmm. I go to bed at night, I am exhausted. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> a good exhausted. Um, yeah. yeah, that's really cool. But yeah, that worked out and that you are feeling fulfilled from both aspects. I think sometimes people use their hobby to escape what they deal with at their job, but if you can feel, you know, fulfilled and satisfied with that side of your life and with your extracurricular activities, like that's just a bigger bonus. And so that is really cool that you, that you have that and you are able to be kind of flexible and around for your kids and, but also have your space and your time at the same time. So it's yeah. kind of the best of all the worlds, which I was really lucky. <laughs> <laughs> How cool. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. I've really enjoyed chatting with you and getting to know you. And I just love meeting new quilters and talking about quilting because it's the thing I love the most. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for having me. This was a lot of fun. Um, I was very surprised you reached out to me, but I was excited to be on a podcast. Um, you know, there's all these things that like as a quilter, I have like a quilting bucket list, right? Like I want to make a, you know, a cathedral window quilt, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, but in my business world, I didn't really think about like what I would want to do. So when you reached out and asked if I wanted to be on a podcast, I was like, well, I never thought about it, but yes, now I do. <laughs> I think I should check this off my list. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I just, like I said, I've been kind of 
like picking through all the socialites because I'm obsessed with art gallery and I just love hearing everybody's stories and everybody's designs are so unique and fabric pulls are so unique and different. And so I thought it would just be fun to have, have these conversations and so I'm really grateful you were willing to be on and share that with us. And so for those of you, for those of the listeners who don't know, where can they find you online? Um, so I am on Instagram at white rose designs and there is an underscore. So it's white underscore rose designs. Um, or my website is white dash rose designs.com. So I'm okay. on both of those. Perfect. And I will put those links in the show notes so that people can get to them easily, but thanks for sharing. And yeah, I'm just so grateful that you were on today and I can't wait for people to go check out your designs if they haven't yet and see how beautiful they are and check out your, your art gallery, socialite bundle and see what you have to offer. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you again for having me. This was fun. Yeah. Hopefully we'll chat again soon. Yep.